at first we were like, okay, we're just going to have the elopement. We're going to have some close friends, um, our parents, and and that was going to be it. And she was really upset by that. A couple months went by and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I Let me think about this a little bit deeply because at the end of the day, she's my mother-in-law and I do want to be able to build a relationship with her. And so I don't want this to be like, my way or the highway, right? I'm willing to meet her halfway to so that we can both be happy, right? Because we're going to have to live with this forever and she's going to be my family too. Welcome to the Slow Downtime Podcast. I'm Van An, a second generation Vietnamese Australian on my journey away from being the busy and stressed out primary school teacher into a slower, more present version of myself. This podcast is here to help you rediscover what it is you want and to begin letting go of cultural pressure to rush through life. Yes, you'll question your identity, your life decisions, and begin trusting yourself to fully live with intention. I'm so excited to be your host and to walk you through this journey. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I've got two really exciting guests. They are sisters, Ari and Ariel. How are you guys? Good. How are you? All the way on the other side of the world. I am great. I thank know. you. <laughs> I know. It's like you're you're in the future, right? <laughs> we are Sunday, Sunday. 9 a.m. <laughs> oh, you're, you're on the beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much is different in the future. <laughs> <laughs> no flying cars in that in the next 24 Unfortunately hours. Unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so great to have both of you here. I know we've talked back and forth and tried to make this work and we set a date and it has worked. So yes, really excited. And we're able to be together. Yeah. yeah. And we have a really exciting topic, something that we've all experienced recently or, you know, in the coming few weeks. Yes. And we're talking about cultural pressure in terms of weddings. Oh my God. Such the an interesting real. topic. Yes. But before I, that, <clears throat> I jumped ahead of myself. Before that, <laughs> <laughs> what's your background and what language or languages do you speak? Yeah. So a little bit of our background. We're originally from California. Both of us are out of state now. So my sister, Ari, is in Iowa, which is where we both are right now. I'm in Texas. Um, and we grew up speaking Mandarin Chinese. We went to Chinese school every Saturday, extra school on top of the regular <laughs> Monday through Friday. Um, but we both had really positive experiences with it. And um Right now, I want to say that I would I would have to say my sister's Chinese is infinitely better than mine. She practices <laughs> a lot more. Mine has gotten a little rusty. Um, Which so. if you think about it, like, I, well, you wouldn't know. But a little backstory is like when we were younger. Um, so I'm 27. My sister's 32. 32. 32. Yeah. So like kind of similar in age, too. right? Like, well, how old are you? Yeah. But my sister used to love the culture, love, love the Chinese culture more, loved the language more than me. Like I actually felt I, not that I hated it, but I just, for my experience growing up, it was very othering almost. So yeah. I kind of shied away from our culture and our language versus my sister. She thrived. And then it, it's weird because as we got older, I found my appreciation for, you know, our culture and the language. And so it like flipped, like I suddenly became <laughs> well-versed in like the language and like the culture and experience. And then my sister, like I joke with her, I'm just like, why, why don't you understand me anymore? <laughs> but it's, um, it's interesting to see how like it's progressed, mm -hmm. but also now I think we're both on a pretty equal playing field now because I think you're finding I think you're finding your appreciation for it yeah again yeah I'm so. finding my my place in in the culture back again and I think my sister has really helped to kind of like bring bring me back into that sense of that that Asian identity and what it means for us yeah mm. yeah <laughs> it's so interesting how that reverses and that changes our perception of our culture as we grow oh, up. Yes. 
as a kid, you know, the same thing. I mean, it wasn't othering to me. I wasn't, I didn't feel like um, I was like left out or like different from everybody else because I grew up in a community where majority of people are Asian. But it's, I still felt like sometimes I didn't want to be as Asian as some of our our hobbies or some things that we enjoy, like, you know, anime and um, K-pop and things like that. Sometimes I felt like I didn't want to be a part of that. I wanted to be like different from other people, right? I don't know if you felt like that as well. Yeah, I feel like, well, again, for me, it was a little different because I I think it was brought to my attention with my friends and people that I was with growing up, like in middle school, that I was different, right? Not like the typical white, the majority. So I think they thought that Asian Asian people, Asian Americans were very like fobby, fresh off the boat and or like weird. I feel like people thought being Asian was weird. I don't know. Like they associated me growing up, like the people that I was with as like a little more not cool, basically, versus my sister. I think she had a different – like, did was your experience different? Because, like, I feel like you were – she thought it was cooler. And I think her her friends and the people, like, she was with at that age thought it was cool, too. Yeah. Mm. I think that our experiences were really shaped by kind of, like, the, the friends that we had and the community that we kind of, like, grew up with. So I think that within, like, my age group, my friend group was very – very open to embracing like my Asian culture and identity. They thought it was like really cool. And so I think Mm -hmm. that it made me feel comfortable to step into that and feel like I can really just be my, my full self. Right. And so, um, but then kind of going into college, um, I was surrounded by Asian people. So like it was an entirely different experience versus like high school. It was more kind of like that token Asian, Mm-hmm. Um, experience. Yeah. Yeah. My sister, <clears throat> sorry, my sister got to experience like, oh, being Asian was cool versus for me and like my friends, the people I grew up, they thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. Like I distinctively remember, I'm sure this, my sister I knows the story, but like in the second grade, I lost one of my best friends because I think as we got older, we can see the difference in like background and culture and she basically didn't want to be my friend anymore because I was Asian so like it was ingrained in me pretty young I don't know well in my perspective I feel like second grade felt young and hearing that especially like I remember we were in kindergarten and first grade second grade so like when she told me it was pretty devastating and I still think of clearly I still think about it to this day but like that's kind of why I think I shied away the majority. But I don't know. Have you ever experienced that? Even though you have grown up in such a, you know, diverse community and like there is a lot of Asian people or not really still? How was your experience like? Um, I, I don't think I've ever felt anything like that. And because of, you know, the community and going to a – going to a primary school, which is like an elementary school, right, for you guys, Mm -hmm. primary school and then high school and uni, it's all, yeah, I was surrounded by Asians. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And in Sydney, Sydney, Australia is very multicultural. It's so diverse. We have people from all sorts of backgrounds. So especially in uni when a lot of Asians are expected to go to uni, Mm -hmm. it's not rare to see an Asian at uni. Mm. So I haven't really ever had that experience or maybe I've just blocked it out. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But there are small towns, I guess, where Asians are more rare Mm -hmm. and you would see like a handful. But my experiences have always been like, yeah, very, very normal. I, I don't think I've ever been isolated or secluded because of that. And because there are so many, so many people around and maybe I surround myself with those people too. Like I tend to be drawn to those people and that's, <laughs> that's just something I've always naturally done. That is super nice. Yeah. I feel like 
That sounds like so much better of an experience than like what I think of my own. So hearing you say that is so nice. How was it for you guys moving from California to some, like California is, from what I've seen, is very multicultural as well, right? And yes. more accepting, is it? Yes and no. Yes and no. I think maybe the the community we grew up were primarily like white people, but yeah. Like, I think it's just that community, but if you go into maybe the bigger cities, Mm -hmm. then that's when the real, I think, multicultural, diverse areas show. Yeah. Maybe it it just kind of depends because even now there are some areas in California where it's like extremely conservative and not what, like not forgiving of culture and stuff like there's, it's still there. I think. I don't know, but I think maybe in media, the places generally shown is the more... The bigger cities. The bigger cities that have that. So, like, for me, moving away, it wasn't really because of... Like, I'm in Iowa. That's as... I think as wide as it gets <laughs> these days. But... Um, it's in the middle. It's right literally in the middle, the of, middle America. Of, the, of America. But, like, for me, I... I'm when I think of like the cultural aspect, I do miss that about California, but only the parts of California that like we visited often where like the Asian culture was there. Like we lived about an hour and a half hour away from like the Bay area. Mm-hmm. So it was vi- like the closer you got to the Bay area, the more Asian it got like San Jose, California, Silicon Valley, like it's Asian central. I mean, like, if you were not Asian, you would stick out. So, like, those areas when we go, like, that's where we went to Chinese school. Mm-hmm. So, w- those places, I miss that because that's when we felt, like, most at home, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then I don't really miss where we grew up. And I think that's why I stayed away. It just was like, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't really care. And, you know. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, our hometown wasn't uh, like kind of what we were saying before. We're the kind of like the token Asians within the community. But then um, once we kind of like moved out, so I was in LA and Orange County. They have big pockets of Asian uh, population there. So I mean, even from the food, right? So like being able to eat all the different cuisines, having that full, um, just all that variety is just so much more welcoming and um, you just feel so much more at home, right? Versus say like my move to Texas, I'm in Austin and it's, it is the capital of Texas and it is more, you know, liberal and everything. But I think that if I were to compare my experience in Austin, Texas versus in California, it's wildly different. Um, There's not as many Asian people there. So it's kind of like, um, not quite as, oh, that token Asian experience, but you can definitely see a little bit more of a distinction between the two. And it's so interesting how you guys said about all your experiences and it's all influenced by other people. It's like, you feel the same, but right. how others perceive you changes the whole situation. Really and so that kind of right. leads into like the wedding stuff as well, which is our topic for today Mm -hmm. about our experiences, planning a wedding, experiencing the wedding, and especially after as well, and how that all is influenced by cultural pressure and how other people have expectations of you. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know, what was your experience like in the planning of the wedding? I'll let my, I'm going to let my sister go first because she got married first this past August. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we both decided to elope, which I think was a very, um, a really good choice just in terms of stress level and having us focus more on, you know, the, the husband and wife. I think traditionally in Asian cultures, um, weddings are a big deal, right? It's, um, the joining of two families, you invite all of your aunts and uncles, all of your extended family. It's a big, it's a big deal. And it's, it's a big expression of, of a show, I guess, right. For lack of a better word. And so I think that, well, for me and my partner, my partner has a big family. I, I don't have as much extended family. So in my, my perspective, it made more sense to have kind of a smaller wedding. Um, There was a lot of back and forth in terms of like, 
explain to my parents and then explaining to his parents like what are what our idea of a wedding would be like. And of course, there was a lot of difficult conversations. I think with my parents, they were a little bit more um, forgiving in the sense because they also eloped. So they're like, uh-huh. okay, they would have hoped for us to get like a bigger wedding, but they can they can understand. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of like trust our decision to to move forward with that versus me speaking with my partner's family. Um, they are... Uh, really Catholic, really traditional. Um, they're also Vietnamese. And so like they want to invite everybody and have this whole shebang, right? And so at first I was really adamant about, no, we're just going to have this elopement. You know, we I had those difficult conversations with um, my partner's mom, <laughs> mostly my his mom because uh, she has more of a say in, in the mm-hmm. – the things <laughs> as, I know what you mean. as we can all relate. <laughs> yeah. Asian moms. Um, and so at first we were like, okay, we're just going to have the elopement. We're going to have some close friends, um, our parents, and, and that was going to be it. And she was really upset by that. A couple months went by and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I, let me think about this a little bit deeply because at the end of the day, she's my mother-in-law. And I do want to be able to build a relationship with her. And so I don't want this to be like my way or the highway, right? I'm willing to meet her halfway to so that we can both be happy, right? Because we're going to have to live with this forever and she's going to be my family too. So what we've decided is, well, we already got, we already had that little bit back in August, which is great. Um, We are having a um, kind of like a bigger celebration next year with their extended family and also in the church. So I was able to meet her halfway there. And yeah. so th- she was really happy. The The weird part about it is, um, sadly, she didn't view our August wedding as a real wedding. She was more like, oh, this is just a uh, <laughs> like an engagement party, which it wasn't, but it's okay. Like if... <laughs> If if she views it that way, I mean, I can't change her perspective. But what I am happy with is like, you know, my partner and I were able to have the wedding that we envisioned that was important to us um, while also kind of meeting the expectations of our Asian parents. And I think that that, that was like kind of like a happy medium that we were able to to get to yeah and i think that my sister's experience was similar they've they've also had like their hurdles but yeah how was how was it like she recently got married just a week ago a week ago tomorrow oh my gosh it's already been a week no no today is saturday it is a week oh wow okay happy week yeah yeah thank you yes we got i like it's been wow i don't know what day it is still but um it's been a week. We got married October um, 29th and it was really great. Yeah, we did like that mini elopement. So it was just me, Elliot and our dog and our um, oh. elopement photographer and our officiant. But it was kind of uh, for us, it was a really fun experience because we realized very early on that we we weren't sure if like a traditional wedding would be would be for us because one we're both kind of very shy and awkward and we just don't we don't like attention they're the sweetest people but we just don't <laughs> like it att- i mean we freeze up and we like literally just me and ellie just trying to put together a guest list just to see what it would be like to oh, make yes. a guest list like I'm pretty sure by the end of the night, we were both crying because it was so stressful. Like, we were like, wait, people are going to get left out. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so this is so expensive. Like, it was just – it was so much. And then really quickly, we decided, yep, we're, we're not sure if the traditional wedding is the way to go. And I think for me, again, bef- like previously, like young, young Aerie who didn't really – understand like the culture as much she probably wouldn't care about like the more asian traditional wedding but now like you know older airy i have really (laughs) fell in love with our culture so i feel like on some level i was a little disappointed that i didn't do what like 
I saw as a kid growing up with our other like cousins and family members, like Mm -hmm. we saw those big, you know, Asian Chinese weddings, like, you know, you know, big wedding. And then like that, like big reception after like eating dim sum, basically, like that's (laughs) kind of like what I remember. And I think I, I wish that we could have had that, but then it also is one of those things where I was like, in theory, it's beautiful, but like just for me and Elliot, I don't, I don't know if it would have, it would have been like what we wanted. And now that we, you know, got married, I, I think back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we didn't do the traditional wedding because it was literally perfect. It was perfect in the way that very simple, very simple. We like got an Airbnb, it like you know, and and that was it. We got married in the backyard of an Airbnb, and like our um photographer, she just like took pictures of us, you know, getting ready together, and like just basically just being together. And and after like the you know quick ceremony at nine a.m., we just like walked around the city, explored the city as like kind of like a date, and she just documented it as like a like just kind of like a somebody like snapshotting us along the way. And like, I, yeah, it was really nice because I feel like for me and Elliot again, because we're, we're really awkward. Like it was good to know that it was only us. I couldn't stop laughing during the vows. Like when he was like, do you like take, you know, like Elliot and like, we just couldn't stop giggling because we're just weird like that. So I'm just (laughs) glad that it was really between me and him and I'm just so happy that it was very simple. Like, but again, thinking back, it just, it would have been nice to carry, you know, our culture, like in, in a wedding form, essentially, because l- like, like we said, our parents, even though they, they did do like the more non-traditional, I think they really wished that at least one of us would have, but then it's not that it's only for a show, but like, that's kind of, at least for our parents, like, I feel like our parents really wanted to just, like, show their family that, like, yeah. we were good and, like, yeah. kind of, I don't want to call it a bragging factor, but kind of, right? Like, like they want to show that they're proud of us. Right, and happy for right. Us and and stuff, yeah. I think that's what they were, again, a little disappointed about because, like, they didn't get to show all of their family that like we made it but then like that kind of goes back in my head where I'm like I don't I didn't want it to be like I was too worried that it would be the pressure of what does everybody else think yeah you know I don't know is that what about you because you're getting such a big thing have these same like thoughts came into your head or definitely yeah all of that I love your stories and how intimate and like how meaningful it is to you guys. It's like a reflection of your relationship, right? Which is basically what the wedding is about. What we're doing, Raven and I, is that we're having a more traditional wedding. And it it does come back to that thought of what are our family members going to think? What are our friends going to think? It's more, it is a celebration of, you know, us getting married, but also is a show, as you said, Ariel, about, our parents wanted to show that to other people and especially family members from overseas who can't come. So we've taken all that <laughs> into consideration and that's why we are having a more traditional wedding. At first I was like, yeah, we're just going to have maximum this many people and we're going to spend this much on the wedding. <laughs> and we've maxed out all of that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Which is why you guys – Saving your headaches, saving the money, saving time on like doing all this. I mean, it does come back to the people-pleasing side of me who wants to celebrate with everyone and making sure that everyone can come to our wedding. That's how we have right. that <laughs> super long guest list. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so everything you guys said, I'm like, oh, yes, that's me. I know. So was would you say that your experience has been like – positive or like are you getting any like nervousness like what's going on in your head (laughs) you got two weeks I know exactly two weeks from today (laughs) (laughs) but there has been a lot of pressure from other people especially the parents 
about what we should do with our wedding mm-hmm. and who we should invite and following the traditions. And we are doing a traditional Vietnamese slash Chinese tea ceremony, yeah. which Ooh. I was really excited to do because, yeah. yeah, embracing the culture. And I I wanted to experience that for myself because I've been to other tea ceremonies before, not too many, but I've been to a few others and I'm like, what's going on? What are they saying? Yeah. I'm always in the background. <laughs> or when, I, when I've been to ones in Vietnam, I'm like outside. We don't even see it, you know, because the house is so small. <laughs> so we're just sitting outside. I'm like, what is even happening in there? <laughs> Are you doing the whole thing where like um, the the groom and the groomsmen, they go to your house and like pick you up the yes. whole thing? Oh, yeah. Which, to be honest, I don't even really know the details of how it all works. Someone's going to run that by us and we'll be like, okay, that sounds good to us. But yeah, we're doing the the whole like uh, the groom and his side come over and pick up the bride and then we do the tea ceremony. So that's all I know about it basically. (laughs) We offer tea and then I'm like, I don't know what else happens. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I hope I don't offend anybody by not knowing this which is kind of a shame because I every family does it so differently right even like that's true the people in Vietnam like my family's from the north his family's from the south and he's like part Chinese as well it's just done so differently that like I don't even know what happens which parts do you choose from the different yeah. sides right like yeah is there a way to kind of incorporate maybe like a little bit of both so it's a a good mixture and that there's representation on both sides. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, to be question. honest, I don't even know the ins and outs of the tea ceremony. <laughs> if your husband has like been very involved in the planning process too. <laughs> um, I've tried to involve him as much as I can. and But because he's working full time, well, I, I work two days a week. I've done most of it. And honestly- nice. It's with the the aesthetics and the vision that I have. He's like, yeah, do what you want as long as it all works out and it fits our budget. That's okay. Yes, that works out well. That's the same. That's the same thing with the parents, right? Like compromising or one side just gives in and is like, yep. You, I think it's more important to you guys, so you guys take care of it. Which is what the parents have done. Like my parents are more chill, and just from how they've grown up in their childhood. Like with my mom, she grew up in a small countryside town in North Vietnam that it's not that big of a deal there Mm -hmm. compared to Raymond's side of the family. So his family has just taken the reins of like, this is how it's (laughs) going to work. This is what they should have. And we're like, okay, we'll go with that. You're going to just go with it. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off of you too, right? Since they're also helping with, with some of that planning process. Yeah, I'm like, parents, you do the tea ceremony. We're <laughs> taking charge of the reception. <laughs> <laughs> so then what's considered a big, like a, a big or, or normal sized wedding? Like, is it like 100, 200? Like, what is for you? Like, Oh, that's so is- different with everyone. Okay. Because to me, I have 130 people, including oh. us. So that's 130 guests in total, bride in and total. groom included. Yeah, I think that's pretty big, but other people it, it sounds depends like on the a lot culture of people. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Asian weddings that would be considered quite small, right? I think so too. I've, yeah, I've heard of five hundred or so for the oh, the bigger Asian. That sounds weddings. so scary. That sounds so scary. So then, how did you come up with you know the one thirty? It's just because that was the number you were able to fit or f- fit for everybody, or did you start like one thirty? And then yeah, hearing, like, hearing your stories, I'm like so glad that you da- you didn't have to go through this. Yeah, I'm so glad. Like, let me let let us live vicariously through <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm like, at some point, I like you know when we had lockdown last year, I was like, oh, what if we just eloped as well? Because I've heard stories of people like just going off with like a small group of people, or yeah. just you know like a few family and friends and having a little celebration at home, or like yeah. in a, at an Airbnb. That would be so nice. But, um, yeah, we decided to go the other way. Well, I I think I decided, which I kind of regret sometimes <laughs> in the midst of, like, 
stressful situation planning like the seating chart and making sure we oh my collect everybody's details I'm like yeah. I wish we just you know did something else but right in the end it's going to be a good time regardless we're going to make it a good time so mm-hmm. with the guests we well first of all we we had some people who would definitely had to invite like obviously our family right. some close friends some family friends of course mm-hmm. <laughs> being Asian we definitely have to have some family friends right and then we looked at the numbers. We're like, okay, could we add a few people? Could we, could we um, remove some people? This was like our draft, right? And we didn't even factor in. That was the worst part. We didn't factor in our parents' friends, which is the oh. hardest part. Because I'm like, do we invite them? Do they invite them? We have to invite them in a particular way. And, yeah, last minute. Parents were like, oh, can we invite these people? And I'm like, okay, what are their names? They're like, oh, <laughs> don't know their full name. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That sounds that sounds stressful. So then how did you – I don't know if you did do it already, but how did you do a, the seating chart? Like how did how – did, how do you do a seating oh, chart? Man. That was <laughs> what goes so on in your head? Yeah. <laughs> Even finalizing everybody, like who's coming because like – the hard part was also collecting information from parents, friends and parents because they're not that literate with tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so everything had to be like a physical invitation. They had to be like you had to go to their house and invite them or call them over the phone. Whoa. Yeah, and like some of them don't live step. in Sydney and that was just so hard making sure that they all got that personal invitation from us. And I'm like, to us, it's not a big deal, right? Right. And that comes like the difference in culture and growing up in a Western culture. It's like, we used to digital invite. We don't even need a physical I know. I know. (laughs) So we ended up having to do both. And with the seating chart, it's so hard because we have long tables, not round ones. So we have like long tables with like 18 on each side. And that- Organizing people who would get along and then parents, do they want to be at the bridal table? At some for some things I'm like, parents, I'm not gonna listen to what you say. I'm just gonna yeah. do, our, do our own thing. Cause like I kind of gave in to not gave in to, but I considered their perspective more heavily mm-hmm. on some things right. and their their opinions. And it just gave me more of a headache. And in the end, oh, I was like, right. okay, I can like meet them halfway as like what you did, Ariel, with some things. But then other things, I'm like, no, that's not going to work for us. That doesn't fit our values and like how how the logistics of the night is going to run. I'm like, it doesn't fit. That's so good that, that you're able to like recognize that and also like communicate with that to, to the family too, you know. That was really hard. Oh, that's so strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of back and forth, but. That was one of the biggest things about the pressure and expectation to do things a certain way from parents. In particular, friends don't care. They're like, it's your wedding, do what you want, which is like the Western side, right? It's your wedding. Right. Whereas right. like we come we come from the perspective of we have to make sure both sides are happy. Yeah. And making right. sure that everyone is harmonious. Like we don't cause any arguments because we're gonna be family. And we can't, right, right. We can't have that. Exactly. Did you with both like your family and then your 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 in-laws, future in-laws? But yeah. did you was there ever any like, oh, they want to do this part of the wedding and then like one family wants to do this part? Or did you like were you kind of the main designator to plan for planning and everything? Yeah. Um mostly it's us. Ultimately we're paying for it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which when they when they don't get their way, they're like, "Oh, we're happy to pay for it anyway." And we're oh, like, "No, that's uh, like their way of like, oh, if we pay for it, then we have even more yeah. influence over it." Yeah, too much. That's it's so it's hard. And we're like, "No, we're paying for it." I know. So that it's how have like the has it settled in that you're getting married? Like, what are you feeling? Is it jitters? Are you nervous? Are you I mean, like just ready to get it over with? Like, what's your feeling right now? A bit of all of that, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Just the planning stage. Well, our venue's really organized. So we had to like send our seating chart and our final numbers like last week and our seating chart like yesterday or two days ago. 
Whoa. So two weeks to go, we're like, okay, now he's got to practice our first dance and those kind of things. Like I actually wanted to go through all that. So we have a lot of people that we're catering for, which is, which is the like annoying part. But as a teacher and a planner, I, I don't mind doing that. But it's just when you have so many opinions and you're like, who do I listen to? What do I want? What do they want? Right. It just gives you a big headache, honestly. So if I had to go through that again, which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> one and but, done. One yep, that's only. it. <laughs> yeah. But if I had to give advice to other people, it's like, okay, be firm on what you're willing to compromise and what you're not because parents want to have a big say and because they're showing off to their friends, you know. I mean, they're proud of you, but they're also like, oh, look, our kids. (laughs) I know. Look what they've accomplished and what they could like do with their money for the wedding, basically. Like, I think that was a lot for me, too, is like, when I was like thinking, oh, do we want a traditional one? I kept on, I couldn't help but feel my, my, like our mom's pressure. Like, I could already hear what she would say. Like, what would, you know, her family think? Like, her family's friends. And like, in my head, I'm just like, I don't want to know. No. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to think about it. So hearing you talk about it, like, is so exciting. Like, hearing you talk <laughs> about your experience, like, at least the f- the funner aspects, like, mm-hmm. that sounds cool. That but fun. then, like, hearing you talk about the more stressful ones. Like, more of the logistics. Yeah, like, the, the real stuff, the nitty-gritty details. Yeah. That's where it gives me, like slight uh, slight anxiety I'm just like I can't imagine what it feels like so then right now is everything prepared more or less like you said that you already did like the seating chart you already sent in all that is everything else pretty finalized then pretty much we just have to get that printed which some places are giving us like four to ten business days and we're like oh that's too close Uh, do you guys have to do like a rehearsal dinner too? Is that like the same thing or like is that a part of what your guys' plans are? I honestly didn't even think about that. We're not I doing that at all. Yeah. Okay. I, so I personally always thought it was kind of odd when somebody did a rehearsal dinner because like a lot of my friends that did a rehearsal dinner, like they basically did the entire day. Like they said they practiced wow. their vows, they did speeches. But then in my head I'm like – why do you need a practice for it? But then apparently it's very common. So I wasn't sure if that's common for you guys too. <laughs> I have no idea. But that, that just sounds like more stress. To I know. Plan that Literally out. planning a rehearsal dinner and party is like a separate part. Isn't that horrible? I think but- I like I like the fact that it can just be spontaneous. Like things happen. You make a mistake. Right. You continue. You Call move it on. It's like everyone laughs and, and then you have – and then you continue. Yeah. I know. Exactly. That is I think that, nice. that's the fun of it rather than like having everything so rehearsed and, right. and everything running smoothly. I'm like, I don't want to hear your speech again. Sorry. Like, no, I know. It's not going to hit me the same the second time. That's true. I know. I hear for the first time I know. through the raw emotions. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And like they even invite people, like families invite usually like the, the main family and then like some friends, like they'll literally practice the whole thing and even like all the speeches, all the parents will practice their speeches. So like in my head, I'm like, you already heard it. Like, isn't it different when you hear it a second time? Like, where's the, I don't know. That's, that's again, it's me in my head. I'm like, I can't tell how much of these more like traditional practices are more of like a showcase or is it just because people really don't want to make mistakes but like you said like it's okay to make a mistake like yeah we can giggle about it later like that's a part of like making the memory like the first yeah, time, yeah. right and if you want it in the video or the yeah, f- photos doesn't matter but in the video just don't add the part in right i know cut it cut it out we could edit videos right <laughs> i did attend a rehearsal dinner for my friend um so as part of the bridal party they did have a rehearsal dinner but they didn't actually go through the the vows or anything mm-hmm. it was more so like the the order in which people walk down the aisle because we had yeah. bridesmaids and groomsmen so more more that does just make kind sense. of the walk the, the pacing and stuff like that yeah because that was also our everybody's first time going yeah. to the venue we don't know how the space i think also like where you stand is. and then like exactly. where you're going to mm-hmm. that all makes sense to me it's just yeah. we're not booking out the venue for a night <laughs> no, <laughs> no. you yeah. know 
I did have a question. Do you have um, bridesmaids and groomsmen, or did you and your partner decide not to not to do that? Because I know it's like a different decision for everybody. So yeah, scary. it really is. And yeah, we own we don't have many at all. We have like two, okay. <laughs> two each, two each. Yeah, okay. two each. Oh, Some people nice. have a lot. Some people do like um, the I think like the favors and the the bombardiers or whatever they're called. I'm not oh, even yeah. sure. Like the um, like ring bears and or like flower girls and stuff like that too. Oh yeah, some people do that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. people do. Like they have a lot of things that are expected. And I, I was even talking to some people who are in the process of wedding planning as well, and they're like, "Oh, we have to do this and this," and I'm like. Do you have to though? Because <laughs> yeah. like that's yeah, what you pick- see and then people expect that. And I've been to weddings where like at the reception they have like a little cookie or they have something as like a souvenir for you to take home. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're not doing any of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> that's so – that's one expensive. And sometimes it's like I can't tell if like if that's adding value like – you know, well, well that's just well expected, and we just have to do it. You feel like, yeah, I know. Too I think much. the great part of wedding planning is that you can pick and choose which parts that you really like and want to actually put into your wedding. So that's that's what makes it personal and and you. you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I have a question for you guys about wedding planning. Um, uh-huh. What was one thing that you found uh, was most expected from you? whether you went through with it or not, and what was the most memorable and most exciting thing? Yeah, you first. So what was something that was expected of me? Um, that's a great question. I I mean, honestly, the, the big thing that kind of comes to mind, again, is that the church wedding. Um, and so being able to have that conversation with Danny's mom and, you know, saying no the first time but then coming back to it afterwards and say like you know what like yeah let's let's do this so that you know I can make you happy and like make everybody happy and just start off the mess the the marriage on a on a good note right (laughs) yeah yeah um and then the second question what was something that was really excited about yeah what's most exciting or what was most memorable from your wedding yeah um, so we decided to do a hiking elopement. Uh, we oh. woke up really early. Well, I, technically, I didn't even sleep that day because I was just so <laughs> nervous. <laughs> and I think Danny maybe slept like a couple of hours. Um, but we had to drive to the trailhead um, and arrive there at 4 a.m. to start the hike. The hike itself was like not too long. Um I think five miles round trip. Some people might say that's a lot. Some people might say, oh, that's whatever. Um, it was pretty challenging. Um, to be honest, we had our backpacking backpacks on and oh, yes. I'm a big hiker, but I've never actually hiked with a backpacking backpack and I didn't anticipate it being so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, uh, just being out there in nature, I think that that's, that was really memorable. And, us being with our dog Leo, um, yeah, just kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity, and it it was very us, and I think that that was the most most memorable part. For me. Oh, that sounds so nice. How about you? For me, so expectations. There, w- <laughs> that's the best part of ours was there was no expectation. I mean, like we weren't. There was nothing to really worry about, more or less. Like. When I think of the day, us waking up Saturday morning, like besides getting ready and getting dressed, like that was that was as expected as we needed to get, right? Like literally our photographer was like, by the time I get there, like make sure like, you know, for Ellie, like make sure you're like decent and dressed, like, and then like, let's go. And so it was very low key, no, like no pressure. That's probably my favorite part of Saturday. Yeah. For our wedding was just there was truly no pressure. Me and Elliot could focus on being us, like just laughing. You know, there were, were there really were no nerves. So I'm very thankful for that. And then I think for like the most memorable and enjoyable was just like I don't know. We 
I think being in this place that we basically like where our friendship started. So we chose Chicago, Illinois, which is six hours drive from Des Moines, Iowa, where we are. So it was a very, you know, you know, we already knew Chicago area before because we visited, but like, that's where him and I actually became friends. So like, that's we like our friendship actually blossomed in Chicago. So like, being back in that city and we did everything we did for like our experience previously before we like kind of did it again on our wedding day, basically like the museums, Chinatown, like we were able to just recreate our day. And it was just, I think that was the best part. Like it was so great. It was like the best, it was the best day. And I think like there's nothing I there's nothing that I would change about it. And it honestly, like when I think back, there were just really great feelings like all around from like getting ready to like the whole day, taking pictures, being in the city. Everything was like I feel so lucky to say it, but it was more or less very perfect. You know, yeah. like I feel very fortunate to say that because I have some friends, you know, who were, you know, did the traditional wedding and they were just like, by the end of the day, they couldn't wait for it to be over kind mm-hmm. of, which is kind of sad sometimes. Or some friends is like, they had such a great time, but like they were so busy making sure to speak with all the guests and everything. Like they didn't really enjoy it together yeah, together because like they weren't able to like set that time and everything to like meet with all their guests so just knowing that me and Elliot didn't have to meet with anybody (laughs) we didn't have to do anything like we literally got dressed ate some bagels took pictures like got did our ceremony did a first dance in like the Airbnb Mm -hmm. backyard and then and then we went to Chinatown to eat dim sum like that was literally (sighs) our our day and (laughs) it was so good so yeah, that was just kind of our pocket of the day. Yeah. And it's just the conscious choice that you've made. And then you really enjoyed the day. So it doesn't matter like what choices you've made. In the right. end, it's your day celebrating, you know, your relationship together. Right. And so when you look back, you're like, oh, that was a nice time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is. That's kind of sums up everything, right? Like when you plan a wedding or you plan such a big day, it is for you at the end of the day. It's right. for both of you. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. The celebration of, of the love. Yeah. Everyone's in love. Everyone's yeah. together. Yeah. We're really excited for your wedding. I know. Can't wait to hear all about it. I know. It. We you need to, to look back episode. and say that was a perfect day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, we need to do an episode where we talk about because now we heard about our experience. Mm-hmm. We need to do an episode where we hear about your <gasps> yes. experience. Yeah. How cool would that be? That I think be. that would be maybe so on cool your podcast. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> yes. That was what I was kind of going toward. I was like, great okay, minds think alike. Great, we're on the same wavelength <laughs> together. <laughs> so then, yeah, we really was, could. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm saying we should definitely do it. I love that yes, idea yes. because then everybody can like, kind of like hear about it and then also me selfishly like I want to know how your day went I want to hear about all the good stuff too yeah. but you'll be surrounded by like all your friends and loved ones that will be there for you too yeah and that's one of the reasons why I wanted like not a bigger wedding but more traditional wedding because I do really want to celebrate with everyone right and then be together with like seeing them smile and then like also it's kind of nice because they all love you guys so then they can like smile with you and like be together so that's honestly like what I'm most envious about is like being able to actually experience that like that's obviously really nice yeah that shared experience that shared experience Mm -hmm. because like you'll look back and like everyone will remember you know that day together well what's one piece of advice you'd give for people or one piece of advice you'd give to other second generation women who are planning a wedding or will plan a wedding in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. You um, first. Okay. I guess one question or one one piece of advice that I would give is to, one, just like follow your gut instincts and also consider like as much as is possible, you know, like 
the most important people in your life consider their their thoughts and feelings as well because as much as it is between the the husband and wife also is about the family too so if if you care to build that relationship i think it's nice to to have their considerations as well yeah that's so nice i love that one me too <laughs> i think for me it's just I would just tell, you know, whoever's planning and getting ready to get married that whatever stress you feel before or during, that will all pass because at the end of the day, you're getting married. You're gonna, like, this is just one day out of your whole life. So even if the planning was stressful and people were were crying, like, even if, you know, (laughs) something happens where, like, the weather wasn't that great or, or, you know, even if something like that happens at the end of the day, your guests or, or anybody who celebrates with you, they're happy. Like whoever just is in your life, just remember like they love you. And then you and your partner loves each other. And then it's just this one day of like forever really. So basically like in blatant terms, like don't put too much pressure on the day and just know that like, this is something to just be excited about and you're going to be happy. Hopefully that. at the end of the day. I love <laughs> that. That's, that's the most important message. I yeah. Think. yeah. I probably need that advice like a couple months ago. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'll send you words of affirmation. <laughs> but now that we're over the planning, mostly like the big, the big stuff of the wedding. I'm like, huh. Oh. It's all good. Now it's time to make sure good. everything is like, you know, we have our, we have the things we're going to bring, make sure that we have our outfits ready. And then right. you know, we're going to enjoy the, the day. fun part. Yeah. You know, the yeah. fun parts of planning, like the last, like tying the bows on everything, basically. Yeah. All, the, all the heavy planning, all the heavy lifting is done. So take the next couple of weeks just to relax and just focus on being excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Where can our listeners find you guys? Oh, uh, we do have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we do have an Instagram. Our handle is Exploration, and then um, we're also just you know we just t- primarily do our podcast. So we're not on any other social media platform, but Spotify and Instagram is the best way to check us out if you want to. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and having this amazing sharings of your wedding experiences. Thank you for having us. Honestly, (laughs) it's it's such an honor. Like, I'll never forget the first time, like, you reached out and wanted to, like, see if we wanted to chat together. I literally (laughs) screenshot it and And sent it to my sister. I was like, I don't know how this happened, but this super cool soul wants to talk to us. (laughs) So I just, we're just so honored and I can't wait to, so that we can like talk again and talk about your experiences, but I'm just so happy that we're able to make this connection. Like I feel, I feel, I feel like because of this conversation and us getting to know each other, it honestly has brightened like my day it makes me feel happy too nice thank you so much (laughs) thank you if you resonated with this topic and want to explore it deeper with me as your life coach guiding and cheering you on then apply for living with intention it's a fully personalized program to help you unlearn your survival beliefs rediscover your identity and redefine your version of a successful life I've linked it in the show notes and I can't wait for you to start living with intention.